I think one of the great things with most top agents is there'll be a point in their career or in their life where they will have a break with. They'll stop surrounding themselves with clients or people that don't help their success or they'll change businesses or they'll just decide to commit to their job full time. I think that's a really powerful thing to to remind yourself of. And if you are plateauing, look back at your last 12 months and go, okay, what are my pros? What are my cons? What do I need to break away from? Like what's holding me back from getting to the next level? You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of elite agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. To download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links, and shortcuts, visit EliteAgentElevate.com. And for more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier on your clients, Visit connectnow.com.au. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Welcome to another episode of the Elevate Podcast, where we delve into some of the most interesting minds in business and in real estate for the very best tips and strategies for you to implement to elevate your business. I'm Samantha McLean, editor of Elite Agent and host of today's show. Joining me today is Brisbane agent Simon Caulfield. Simon is the director and lead agent at Place Kangaroo Point and would be familiar to many people after he took to the stage at ARIC earlier this year. So Simon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Samantha. Amazing. I caught your session at ARIC on people, power and prospecting, but the first question I have to ask you is where did you get those fabulous sneakers? Because I, <laughs> look, I, I have to be honest with you, I think the white sneakers and the blue suit was the was the fashion winner of the of the whole two days. Yeah, I, if I went to the races more often, I would um, probably be a contender for best dress, but I'm normally too busy selling property, so I'll leave that to the uh, nine to fivers. The sneakers, they are my favourite pair. They do come from... Louis Vuitton, so they don't get pulled out very often because I don't like to overwear them. So yeah, one of my favorite pairs in the closet, they do get a clean after every use. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, like when, when you're on stage at Eric, you want to be comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I had I had worn them in, so I wasn't going to make that mistake. I loved your presentation, Derek. One of the things I took away was the concept of getting a 747 off the ground, which is, is something that you've kind of likened to your career. So for those that weren't there, can you explain that analogy? Henry Ford, the man that was uh, behind many great inventions, including a car, talks about obstacles and he says, don't look at problems or challenges as uh, a stopping point or an obstacle because, you know, the aeroplane takes off into the wind and, and that force of a plane, if you ever have been in a plane, most people have, and I'm an aspiring pilot myself, you learn very quickly that without a headwind, you don't generate lift. So sometimes adversity in the analogy can be an opportunity for you to actually elevate yourself to another level and i think many of us in life have probably come across that situation where maybe we lost the deal or something happened lost the listing a client wasn't happy with the outcome and and you know then straight around the corner something better happened that we might not have foreseen and so it's about trying to train your mentality to not look at a problem as a stopping point or a handbrake it's about assessing the situation and trying to then use that negative situation to put yourself into a better position so that quote is printed up above my desk and i guess it's something that does remind all of us from time to time that not every problem or obstacle is a setback yeah that's it sometimes it's just mid-air turbulence 
You get plenty of that in a one seven two Cessna, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to I want to backtrack for a while because I mean you're a very well known agent up here in Queensland, and and this is me. I, I did admit to you before we started before we pressed the record button. I'm determined to up the Queensland quotient on our podcast. Good to hear. You mentioned you started in real estate at 21. Yes. And at the time, you couldn't afford fuel for your motorbike and you slept under the desk in your office. So give me a little bit of the story about sleeping under the desk to where you are now. Talking about the adversity front, I think the best thing for my real estate career was I went to a business where the person that hired me left two weeks after I started. I didn't know that was selling the business. That was uh, definitely an eye-opener. The, the lady that took the business on was not necessarily a real estate-focused individual. I actually didn't really have a great level of experience in sales, which I was entering an industry where I was in great need of a mentor and someone that could teach me you know, the basics of selling property. So early on, having an office where you get, and I was commission only as well. This was in the days where you could actually legally hire someone com only before the debit credit system set in. So I thought it was a great idea to go on the no salary commission only, but obviously the higher split thinking that I would be making more money. Uh, what I didn't realize was that I had no listings and therefore, you know, a hundred percent of zero is still zero. So, um, <laughs> Early on, I tore through my savings that I'd, I'd put away from being a wharfie, working out at Fisherman's Island, bringing cars in off the ships and distributing them to all of the main dealers. And I started to realize that even having a motorbike and putting $15 a week in to fill the tank up probably wasn't economical driving back and forth to mum and dad's house, which was 45 minutes away. Obviously, the tenacity and the sleeping under the desk situation really just came from I'm one of those people, as some, some agents are, where if they put their mind to it, they just won't let anything get in the way of you know helping them achieve their goals. And so I used to stay up till two and three in the morning studying every street in New Farm on RP data to the point where I could almost justify to a client that I had been selling real estate as, as far back as 2005, because I, I used to go five, six years back in the searches and try and memorize all of the sales that had happened over that five-year period prior to me starting. And apart from just not having the money, I just was too tired to get on a motorbike and, and drive home. So I always operated off a small amount of sleep. I am a four-hour sleep, four-hour night type of person. I guess that behavior, you know, dealt a, a positive card for me because I started to meet a lot of people in New Farm very early on. And by having such a great knowledge base, I almost faked it till I made it. And I think in my first 12 months, I probably got into a lot of doors that I shouldn't have. And people are always willing to give the young person a go if they've got the enthusiasm and energy. So it wasn't all bad. I, I will admit that eating baked beans five times a week used to suck and there's nothing better than mum's homemade cooking. But um, my mum politely would bring down lasagnas and, and you know, roast lamb and things like that from time to time. So it was, a, it was a raw way to start real estate. And I probably look at today's agents and I think they've got so many more tools and technologies in front of them to help them progress their career, but subsequently as well, there can also be a lot more distractions 
So I'm very happy with the way I started real estate. I wouldn't necessarily want any of my staff to have to go through that, that journey, but it definitely taught me a lot of resilience. It tested me out very early on and it's probably defined the characters of the person that sits here today. I was going to say it shows an incredible level of determination, you know, just what you've described there. Were there ever any bad days where you sort of thought, oh, this is too much, I'm, I'm going to go and get a job? doing something else i wanted to quit every second day to be honest <laughs> it was it was hard because what you do learn is not having a support network around you in any form of, of job it's it's almost impossible to succeed and and the first thing is when you've got someone to talk to i mean samantha regardless of the role that you're in you have a conversation with someone and whether you're asking for their help or not i think in today's day and age people are almost willing to give their two cents worth so, you know, not having a mentor, not having a principal in the office, there was literally three of us. There was an owner, there was a part-time reception and it was myself sitting in an office for six or seven hours a day and just making phone calls and not having any guidance or any tutelage. Instagram didn't exist. I know I sound old when I say that, but there was no <laughs> Josh Fegan and Tom Penos videos that you could jump online and you really had to just like trial and error, you know, your way through real estate. And I guess I... I guess I lost a lot of business early on. Like my list to sell ratio was probably horrendous. It was probably 20%. And then I might've been lucky to sell half of that 20% of the properties I listed. So I did, I did have to learn really hard early on that, you know, you have to do surround yourself with better people. And that was where I progressed into another office very quickly. I think after that first three months of struggle, going to a more traditional brand, did give me a better support network and um, not arguing that the boutiques don't have what the, the franchise offices have, but you know, there is a, an old saying of safety in numbers. And I think when I made that move, just having people around me help me guide and, and, and you know, define a direction I went in. But I think in any business, you're always going to have tough days and you've just got to choose to go back to that Henry Ford quote and look at it and go, well, is it a bit of turbulence or is it something that's going to really stop me and do I need to genuinely look at it or can I just breeze past it and stay on course? And that's whole part and parcel of what a lot of us need to focus on. What is the objective? What is the goal? Don't get distracted just because something might not go your way. You just mentioned that agents today starting out, particularly young agents, have got a lot of the things that you didn't have back then. Is there any advice that you'd give either to your younger self or to, to younger agents starting out right now? Well, I think a great example of that is I've got three agents within my business that are under the age of 24. And I would say that they've all had a high level of success within the period of time they've been in the business. And the advice that I give them is, be coachable, be honest, and be hardworking. And that's actually the three criteria that we hire within our business. And the coachable is the first one because if they're willing to learn, then they will grow. If they're not willing to learn, it doesn't matter where you work or who you work with, you'll never succeed beyond your capacities of, of what you physically have. And so there's a young guy in my business that started three years ago, actually got fired from his previous role because he was defined at 20 years of age that he couldn't sell real estate, which personally, I think is a pretty big call to make um, for a 20 year old because I mean, I think I lacked a lot of maturity and uh, life experience at 21 when I started. So I, I could draw some comparisons and in three years that individuals on, on track to settle a million dollars in 
in GCI in this 12-month period. So, you know, there's people out there that maybe have the ability but might not be in the right environment as well. And I do think sometimes you've got to look at yourself first and go, well, am I willing to take on board advice? Am I willing to put in the hours? And am I prepared to be honest? And the honesty is about not, not, not so much don't lie, but be honest with yourself. Like if you're going to make five phone calls, make those five phone calls. A good friend of mine who now owns his own business, we, we both used to work at Place together at, at a period of time. And we'd always talk to each other about we wouldn't leave the office until we booked five appointments. And the great thing about it was neither of us ever bullshitted ourselves, let alone each other. And there would be times where sometimes I would get my five appointments booked and he would still be there an hour later or vice versa. And so that accountability in your own life, it's like, you know, people that go to the gym in the morning, they've got a routine. doesn't matter how cold it is. They just get up because their goal is to stay fit. So yeah, being honest with yourself is a big one. I think the, the fourth thing I would add to that, and it was part of my Eric Prezo is don't get caught up in what's going on around you. The old saying of staying in your own lane. We don't know what people are really doing in their real life. And Instagram's a wonderful place to paint pretty pictures and tell everyone how well you're doing. But behind the scenes, the person that could have the highest level of success on Instagram could be having the biggest challenges, you know, in their own life. So don't wish that you can be someone else. If someone does something well, yeah, by all means, use them as an inspiration to guide you, but stay on your journey and, and, and be who you are because at the end of the day, you actually physically can't be anyone else. So that's just something that in today's day and age, I think that is a challenge for a lot of new agents, not being distracted by, you know, what they think is right or wrong. Just, just follow the course. It's interesting because people do, the young young agents do follow a lot of the Gavin Rubensteins and or even yourself on Instagram and, and that's what they want. They want to be you. Immediate success, but they aren't aware of the challenges and sacrifices. And I don't know a single agent that's performed at a high level that would have physically been given that business day one. Like I just, because we work in a people industry, so... I'm trying to keep my language correct. If you if you don't pass the dickhead test and you go out there and like you could be you could have a, a business that's handed down to you that's writing a hundred million dollars in sales a year, but if you don't respect the clients that you work for, it doesn't matter who the previous person was, if you don't pass that test, they're just going to go elsewhere. So I think like in real estate, you can't, you know, the good thing is you can't be given everything for free. You do have to earn it. And I think that's the wonderful part about everyone that was up at Eric a couple of weeks ago is not one of them was given an easy pathway. What I got out of everyone's journey was they had adversity at some point and they chose to break with. So if I had a whiteboard, I would draw a line that goes up on a 45 degree angle. Then I would do a little squiggle and then I would actually break a line in a vertical capacity and then keep that 45 degree line going. And why I say break with and not break through is when you have a breakthrough in life, you have this epiphany and something changes. And then so you level up, but you still carry the old bad habits with you. When you have a break with, you actually define something that changes, but you actually lose the bad habits that were holding you back that then enable you to progress forward. So I think one of the great things with most top agents is there'll be a point in their career or in their life where they will have a break with. They'll stop surrounding themselves with clients or people that don't help their, their success or they'll change businesses or they'll just decide to commit to their job full time, give better service, follow clients up, work harder, whatever it may be. So I think that's a really powerful thing to 
to remind yourself of. And if you are plateauing, look back at your last 12 months and go, okay, what are my pros? What are my cons? What do I need to break away from? Like what's holding me back from getting to the next level? So that's really interesting because you're now selling luxury property in Kangaroo Point. So I want to ask you two questions. One is what were your break with breakthrough to move from just selling regular properties to, to Kangaroo Point? And tell me a little bit about Kangaroo Point. What's it like to live there? Yeah, so I wish I had the DL. If I had the DL card from back in 2013, I definitely looked a lot younger than I do now. I put a DL card out that um, had my picture and no one sells more million dollar properties in 4169 than Simon Caulfield. So 4169 is Kangaroo Point and East Brisbane postcode. And then on the back, I put eight sales. So there was four on the top and four on the bottom. And I started at I think a million and 20, which on memory would have been three at 88 Main Street, Kangaroo Point, that I sold. I think the highest sale I had at that point in Kangaroo Point was 5E at 39 Castlebar Street, which would have been about 1.8 million. And I personally dropped those letters out to all 8,000 dwellings, even, even to four or $500,000 units. And then within three months, I actually listed an entire building, which um, was the story I spoke about with the temporary fence that fell over and the developer. So in that time between trying to get in contact with him and sending those DLs out, I was lucky enough to get that building. And then I sold that whole building out in, in 2013 in December for 10 and a half million. And so that was seven individual sales. And then at that point, I really put myself on the map. So people then not only saw a DL that looked good, but I also had the credibility behind me. So the first point with a break with is like, don't be afraid to actually go out there and use your other colleagues' sales if they're happy to do that. If you're a new agent, go to the top agent in your business because I'm sure they won't care and say, you know, do you mind if I go and send a DL out that's got five of your sales on there and five of mine? And even if they are pedantic about it, cut a deal with them. Say, look, I'll bring you out if I get called in off that specific listing and let's do it 50-50. Not only have you probably got a better chance of winning the business, but you'll also learn from the, the best agent in your business. I also found there was accountability there because in six months time, I was going to do another DL. And if I didn't have another $8 million sales, well, I, I had blank spots. So it was a great way to keep that statement of being the million dollar agent alive. What's it like to live in Kangaroo Point? I'm the biggest advocate of Kangaroo Point because to me, I see the most amount of opportunity and growth in the suburb. I'm part of a leadership group with the Lord Mayor, which I'm very fortunate to be able to share some, some great ideas and a lot of the infrastructure projects that are happening are going to benefit our suburb immensely. I think the other great thing about Kangaroo Point for me was the average age is significantly higher. So the average um, occupant that would live in Kangaroo Point would be close to 50. So for every 30 year old, you've got a 70 year old. And why that was important was communication is something that's almost a lost art these days. And when you're dealing with a large component of 50 to 70 year olds, they don't like text, they don't like email. So early on in my career, I was forced to have five or six face-to-face -face meetings a day. They want to call you. They don't want an SMS or an email. So I think the byproduct of living in an area with more established clientele did help my communication skills. And there's many of the existing neighbors that still to this day will come to an open home or see me at the cafe or the patisserie or the gym. And they'll be like, it's so good to see how successful you've become because they know the work and effort I've put in over the last decade. 
So that, that brings up a great point from one of our mentors, be a good local. If you love the suburb you live in, you know, be authentic, support the people locally. Don't say you love the suburb, but you know, you, you live elsewhere and you go to different restaurants and you go to a different gym, try and be as immersed in that suburb as you can. Because if you're authentic, people will buy your energy. And if you want to be a good real estate agent, it's the best way to own a suburb very quickly. Now, you mentioned just before we did press the record button that you've got a social media crew that kind of follow you around. And I guess that's probably a big part of your strategy in this, you know, being immersed in the, in the local area. What sorts of things do they do with you? So I engaged Kate from Out of Social and a team that worked with Alex Brock from Pixel Factory. And so we made a decision early on that, you know, social media was probably something that Simon didn't really care for and it was more of an ad hoc thing but one of the observations they made was there was a lot of agents out there that were talking about their sales results and spruiking their success but maybe the substantiated results were you know not as not as real as the statements that they might have been making and and just to be clear for for some of the agents out there that are new to the industry don't be afraid to you know post one sale that you've done five times if, if you have to pump it out there because you've only done one deal like embrace it don't don't be embarrassed about it but i guess the challenge for me on the flip side was we were so busy i just the last thing i thought of was posting another sale on instagram it was almost like if i felt like doing it i'd do it but there was no plan so they hit me between the eyes and said look if you don't keep doing it you're almost going to make yourself irrelevant in the market. So we have planned days where every Monday we catch up, we go through a strategy together. We talk about what worked well, even better if we look at our analytics. I mean, look, I'm not a tech savvy person compared to some people I know, but Instagram spits out some wonderful information and you can even compare yourself to other agents that are trying to market within the same area. So it'll even tell you what your competitors are doing, but the, the type of engagement we're getting followers, things like that, we're less about how many people follow us, we're more about the quality of engagement and who is following. So one big part of my business is developments. We, we love the fact that everyone related to construction and development follows our page, architects, town planners, builders, UDIA, the Lord Mayor, like anyone that's got anything to do with development, I want them seeing my posts. So we're less about volume, we're more about quality, but the social media side was also to give people an insight to who I am. I'm, I'm a high energy person. I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know, what you see is what you get. Like I'm one thing I'm proud of is I've always been authentic, whether it's the bright blue suit and the white sneakers or whatever, whatever it is, it's just, I am who I am. And every day I wake up, I'm proud to be that person. So I think on social, I very much want to make sure that when someone sees a post of me or my vlog, we do every week, if they meet me, they go, oh, you're exactly what I thought. And I think, you know, the old photos, the old billboards you drive past and you see an agent, it's the photo from 20 years ago and then you meet him for the first time and you're like so where's where's simon and it's like i am simon oh okay and it's almost that like lost conversation and you're you're a little bit in two minds about the person sitting in front of you and to me i think it's great to be authentic like if you love football talk about football if you love clothes talk about clothes if you've got a family with children and you love family day like post that because people will like you for who you are and, and engage with you for those reasons. So 
to, uh, to us socials about being authentic. It's also a platform to help our clients ensure that we are promoting their properties. And I'm not going to sit there and say that we do, you know, multi-million dollar deals every day off Instagram, but I definitely do believe that the presence we have on LinkedIn and Instagram does help the awareness with our clients. And that's why we make a big investment in it. Now, I understand you also work with your wife who had a career in law, but quit and went to become the number one ranking agent at Place. What's it like to work together as a couple? Courtney would get uh, frustrated when I'd pick her up at nine o'clock at night and we'd drive to an appointment to sign a contract and I had Tiesto playing or some some song <laughs> that was pumping me up to go and get a contract signed and here she was feeling deflated after a long day of work and I just want to pre-frame that for many of my clients that are in the legal industry and have done very very well um, there's nothing wrong with being a lawyer but I think it was hard for court to see me work the same hours that she that I was and, and yet I was always happy with what I was achieving and she almost felt a little bit of a lack of satisfaction for the effort she put into the reward she got and one day I just hit her between the eyes and I said, look, you know, if you're not happy with what you're doing and you've put four years into a law degree, if you're going to make a change, probably do it sooner rather than later. And we sat down and we had a chat about her working with me. She jumped into a project over at Byron Street in Balimba. It's safe to say that, you know, the last five years have you know, been pretty self-explanatory. She's got herself to the top as the number one individual agent within the group. And, you know, not only am I one of her biggest fans and I'm proud of her, but I think it goes to show you that if you've got the right support network and you're willing to just back yourself, it doesn't matter where you've been or where you've come from, you can actually be successful in real estate. I guess depending on if she's watching this or not, uh, she would maybe feel differently about working with me to how I feel about working with her. I'm, I'm less process orientated than she is. So I do know that that frustrates her from time to time. But no, look, we, we get along well. And I guess the beauty about both of us working together every day is one thing that Court and I can say when we go home is we're both working towards each other's futures. And that's probably the most rewarding part about working with my wife is everything we do, we just closed a deal the other day for $4 million. And there was a bit of a nudge that she'd done more work on the deal than I have. And I can't actually argue that. But there was a bit of a conversation at the dinner table as to who actually put the critical amount of work in at the right point. And I think we argued on it for 10 minutes and then had a laugh. And moved on to the next conversation. And, and I think that's the way that we're going to be for the next 10 or 20 years. So um, I don't know if many other people would, would be able to do that in, in other industries, because I guess with real estate as well, you're not bolted at the hip 24 seven, but we love working together. I think it also goes to show people that there is something to say about partnerships and having loyalty within your business and whether you're husband and wife or wife, wife, husband, husband, brother, sister, mum, dad, whatever it is, I do think that you've got to have that that loyalty and, and if someone's willing to work for you as you are for them, like it's pretty hard for people not to be successful together. In a career like real estate, I understand why a lot of partnerships work together like that because it's such weird hours and, and what you're describing there is, is court probably saying if you can't beat them, join them. So Basically. We, we, might as well, we might as well both be doing the hours together, right? And it's, it's, it's good from, from, from I guess, a, a younger demographic as well. Like a lot of agents that do come in early on, they do make the excuse from time to time that it's hard to hold a relationship or it's hard to balance work and life. But I think that 
Courtney and I have shown many people that you can do that. And, and I would say one thing, if you are going to be successful in real estate and your partner isn't in the industry, be honest with them up front about the hours that you're working and, and, and talk to them regularly about your goals because I know before Courtney was in real estate, she was as clear as I was about the success I wanted to have. And when I did have to put in the big hours, she wasn't there texting me at 11 o'clock at night going, where are you? Why aren't you home yet? It was like, have you done the deal yet? Best of luck. You'll get it done. And again, having a support network behind you, I, w I don't know anyone in life that would put their hand up and say, I don't want a supportive partner. So I think regardless of who you are and where you are, do speak regularly about your goals because particularly for you know families as well, like you might be working and your wife or husband's at, at home and looking after the kids. Sometimes it can be hard for them to understand the time and effort you put in. And so just regular communication goes a long way. You and Courtney were both recently profiled in a Courier-Mail article about the rock star lifestyles of real estate agents. An interesting article. I was going to say, were you happy with the story or did they selectively leave bits out? Yeah, I mean, look, I think for the record, we weren't aware that that was the angle that they wanted to take. And, and I think probably a little bit of naivety from my end. So I'm a very open book, as, as you can tell, and answering certain questions that were in context to a different thing does, it leaves a, an interesting taste in your mouth. But I think the key thing I take out of that is, you know, being successful, you are going to be in the limelight. And I think from time to time, Samantha, you do need to be cognizant of the fact that not everyone's going to perceive your journey in the way that you might think they will. And I guess the two things I learned out of that process was, you know, when you get profiled in a national paper, you get a lot of phone calls. And so it's safe to say that business did well out of that article. But on the flip side, I think also for me, it is a timely reminder as well that not everyone is a, a raving fan of your success. And there are people out there that will perceive things in the way that they will and they're entitled to those opinions. But it's, it's just a case of being careful and cautious about what you do put out there. And you know, again, I, I probably didn't think that the, the tone of the article was to be written in the way it was and look we found out there was a reason why it was done later on and you just live with that but I would also say to you as well that you know what I said to the journalist I wouldn't change what I said because we were very authentic how they interpret and write that is completely up to them so yeah well it is interesting and I think you know you and I were talking earlier is that it sometimes the mainstream media loves to beat up on agents because of Roy Morgan and all that sort of stuff in, in you know you know in the past and they don't see what sort of hard work goes on behind the scenes? Well, I mean, I probably think the key thing, if I could say one thing to you is like my, my view, if you ask me the one thing that drives me every day to be successful is as a business owner, it's to see my team do well. And literally just before we started this podcast, I finished my third agent planning session with Michael, the 23-year-old in our business, and we're doing our agent planning goal setting for the next financial year. And to sit here as, as a business owner and see a guy that 12 months ago was in my team writing $20 million a year in deals, um, now doing $45 million in deals, grown his team in 12 months from just himself to a team of three and almost be taking the same role on that I was doing with him 12 months ago. Like if that's not inspirational to a business owner, I don't know what is, but the satisfaction out of seeing people succeed is really what I care about. And, and I think the other thing as well is, 
we as, as a couple talking about court and I, we're pretty selfless when it comes to a lot of the things that we do for people around us. Like last year through COVID, I really felt for a lot of our clients and, and staff because I was genuinely worried about how many of them would succeed and survive. And one of the first things we did was we went down to the local pub at the Storybridge Hotel where Richard Deary, that's a great friend and client of ours, he literally had $5,000 worth of meat a week sitting in a cold room that he couldn't put on plates and serve up to people. So every week we went there and bought a large percentage of that meat from him. And we actually started dropping that to our clients and we gave that to our staff. And and I, and I think if I look back 12 months ago, some of my clients just were blown away and, and some of them probably didn't need it as much as others. But once we got through the other side, it was amazing how many of them come back and just said, hey, some of the things you did were really admirable but we didn't make a big song and dance out of it like i'm respectful of the business we've gotten without the clients around me we don't have a sales business so i do think as as agents do be mindful of some of the perceptions that you have and have a balance but at the end of the day again don't be afraid to be who you are like if you are out there and eccentric embrace who you are because you do have one life to live and uh, at the end of the day you've got to be the person that's happy living in those shoes i reckon you'll find your tribe too Yes, very much, very much so. So what's next for you and for Place Kangaroo and for Courtney? It feels to me like it's almost like you guys have done pretty much everything there is to do. So what now gets, what's your next goal? What gets you up now of a morning to sort of push yourself harder? Do you know, I had like on a personal note, I probably had my first big um, adversity this year because I found out that my dad had a significant cancer in his lung, which was a pretty, it was a pretty surreal event to happen because I just like none of us saw it coming. And for a guy that's been fit and healthy all his life and, you know, basically done everything right by the book, it was a, a shock for us. And so having having that hit home on the first week in January and sort of coming back and ready for this amazing year and then to have that handbrake pulled up on, on you, you, you do realise that you've got to prioritise you know, what matters in life. And so our family's super close. Like I love my mum and dad, they were there at Arik. And to have something like that hit you in the face, I sort of went, wow, like I've heard of this happen to other people, but like now it's us. And so sitting down with dad and going through that journey with him and, and really bonding and becoming like mates, like our, our relationship over the last five months has just strengthened immensely. I guess that really changed my mindset for 2021. I was sitting with one of my mentors, Stefan, um, who I spoke about in, in the Eric presentation. And, and Stevie asked me a really raw question. He said, Simon, if, if your, your last day was today, how would you feel about life? And I said, Steve, like, I feel awesome. I said, I, I feel like I've, I've done everything I possibly could in the last 34 years. And I said, I'd feel like I've got a lot left on the table to give, but I've got no regrets. And, and it was an interesting conversation because Steve turns 80 and he's had a massive back operation and he's had uh, a significant heart operation recently. And I think the, the point is when you hang around people that have got a lot to give or people that you love and you want to see be successful, it does remind you what does matter most. And so my mentality this year has been very much about the people. And that was why I, I did talk about that at Ari because you leave people in a better place than you found them. So we're buying a new office. We're actually spending the, to the better part of three to $4 million on a new office structure in the next six months that is essentially going to give our business a full circle service. So 
We'll have everything from a cafe and restaurant to a golf simulator to the agents with their own offices. So that's an investment in my own business, but it's it's a big step forward for me to show our team that we want them to be there for the next 10, 20 years. I think the other thing as well is, is just using this ability not to travel because COVID's locked us in at home to actually go and spend more time with the people that you know are around us because I think we're very quick in life to just you know, jump into everything head first and the days go by and before it's halfway through the year and you go, where did the first six months go? So I think just taking that time to slow down and it's great to have success and, and do well, but also make sure that we, everything we do in our business and our personal life is, is measured for the benefit of everyone around us. So I'm excited for the next six months. I can't wait to, to give you guys a sneak peek to the office when that's all ready to walk through. And I've got a lot of pressure on me because the entire team is super excited about it. And um, they're all having their ideas on how things should go. So yeah, the accountability front is, is, is at an all time high. The office is doing well. And as a business owner, I'm just proud to see the team kicking goals. So it's exciting. There's plenty of big things ahead. It sounds very much like a full circle story where you're ensuring that your team have everything that you didn't have when you started out. <laughs> Look, I mean, there'll be some there'll be some KPIs set there for sure. I think if the if the agents handicaps in their golf are dropping immensely, but they're not writing the numbers, we might have to talk about how much time they're spending in the simulator versus on the phone. But no, it's more about um, going to Google three years ago as well and, and being able to experience how Google look after their staff. I, I did walk out of there and went like, why would you want to leave the campus? And I know there's a hidden reason with Google. They, they don't want you to leave because they get more out of you. But I just went, wow, like they've got their own cafeteria, as they call it. They've got, you know, their own masseuse. They've got you know, their own psychology ward, doctor ward, dentist practice. And I know Google's Google, but I thought, well, if I really want to be successful in the long term and, you know, look after the people that we have, because we, we put so much effort into our staff. I think as business owners, I know I'm talking as both an agent and a business owner, but whether you run a little team in, in someone else's office or you own your own office, don't forget that people aren't disposable, but they're not machines. They're not a car. You can't just take it to the mechanic and change the engine out or um, upgrade the tires and then put it back on the road. Like there's a whole emotional side to those relationships. So the more that you can show your staff and your team that you actually care for them and you want them to do well, I think that's a fundamental um, foundation that every business owner needs to keep in the back of their head. To me, upgrading that and, and giving them an environment, an office that is first class, it's not only going to benefit them, it's going to benefit me. So yeah, we're, we're really excited. And obviously for those agents out there that are in an office that maybe they feel like they don't have the right environment. I think before you're quick to jump and go, well, I want to go to a flashy office or I want to change, do do have that conversation with your business owner. If you haven't sat down and did goal planning for the next financial year, don't wait for them to come to you. Go and approach them and say, hey, I, I want to do well in the next 12 months. Here's my personal goals, my fitness goals, my financial goals, my work goals, my health goals, and, and share it with them because then at least you've got some accountability and buy-in. Well, Simon, I am looking forward to coming and seeing you in your new in your new Kangaroo Point office. But I just want to say thank you very much for sharing some of the insights in, into your world and your career. And I'm sure that everyone's going to get a lot out of it. If there was one thing that you'd like to leave everyone with or one piece of advice, what would that be? 
as I said at Arik, in a world full of problems, be the solution. So always problem solve, put yourself in other people's shoes, don't be quick to shoot from the hip. And the better you are at communicating and problem solving, the more successful a real estate agent you'll be. Simon Caulfield, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Samantha. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Elevate with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to download your written action guide from this podcast containing extra tips, links and shortcuts. Visit eliteagentelevate.com.